Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Welcome everyone to the Raw Report here on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet Extra. You're listening to us on iTunes, Android and Spotify, a platform you can also use to listen to our main channel, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. But enough about the main channel, today's about the Raw Report. I am joined today by my co-captain, Jack Graham. Jack, we've, we've complained a lot about having to record these empty arena shows, but I mean, lo and behold, some wrestling broke out on Raw this week. Oh, it's been the it's been the best empty arena show yet from a WWE standpoint, and I feel that it's, it's probably because there's been more certainty of what they can and can't do now that they're able to go ahead and start doing live shows and whatnot again. We'll actually get the kind of product they're wanting to put out now. Yeah, no, absolutely, I, I agree with you. Um, it's also what you call it. It's it's also weird. I'm looking at my notes. There was so many matches on this week's show, like, and I've got in my notes like some of the promos were very generic, whereas the matches were very good. And yet, in the weeks leading up to WrestleMania, the promos were sensational, but it was just like jobber matches. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. It's um, all the matches that were kind of on. They all they all lead to something as well. They all, all kind of make sense. It's just, ah, it's just a. I like it. That's, that's, that's weird saying that for a raw during this time, but I'm, I'm all aboard. Uh, let us know what you thought of uh, Monday Night Raw at Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and of course, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet fan community and suplexretweet.com. Um, that's us just to pl- about plug the one million things we usually have to plug on this show. Uh, let's just dive right in there. We'll take about 10 minutes just. Discussing some of the some of the things that didn't really affect the money in the bank card or the or the WWE title picture. So we start with your favourite wrestler, Jack, and that's Becky Lynch. We uh, we have been critical of Becky and the lead up to WrestleMania. It felt a lot of the promos were getting a bit stale. A lot of the promos were, were you know, some of the stuff was getting a bit daft. Um, this week's promo. It was very generic. I thought it was it was her saying, oh, I want you to think I'm an idiot. I want to lure you in. Surely if someone's been champion for a year, as a competitor, you look at her and you don't underestimate her. Like I, That reasoning for me, just it, it didn't really hold water, if you get me. The, oh, I act like an idiot, so you'll fall for it. Yeah, it's, it's weird because like, she was she was going on about as you said she's going about being I was like you're what make me scared so I played scared and it worked against you and all that blah blah but like she wasn't scared during this she got bitten the bloody neck then came back from being from the hospital quotation marks looking for a fight she wasn't scared like I it was just crap didn't like it yeah it was very genetic um she sends out a message of come ahead basically um to anyone in the division uh. We go from one generic women's champion promo to another. 
Um, Charlotte Flair, I think, is the greatest in-ring female athlete WWE have ever had. I think she can cut a really good promo, but this promo was just essentially, I'm the champ, I'm the queen, nothing we haven't seen before, and again, I've just put my notes, generic. Yeah, it's just a kind of, oh, you're sure I watch out. Yeah, you're going to come to the Queen, you're not going to get here. That was that was pretty much it. Nothing really you can really take for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was... It's weird to see Charlotte still on Raw. Um, obviously, it's came out since WrestleMania that Rhea Ripley's had uh, visa issues or work visas expired. However, due to the, the COVID-19 pandemic, she can't fly to Australia. So she's still in the United States. However, she can't work until she can head back after all this, you know, passes. Um, so Charlotte winning, I, I don't have much problem with it. I, I know Charlotte's going to put on great matches, but it's still weird to see the NXT champion on Raw. I think the first thing they should have done was just move her down, not down, but move her to NXT. Yeah, I think it's just a kind of, so the, it shows the extent of the, the problems they're having put on the show I think obviously they, they need to kind of have the, this cross brand wrestling you know, so with NXT guys coming in to help so obviously they're natives in the Florida area and are able to come in and help I think Charlotte maybe having to do double duty across the two brands will need to and it's helps things and it'll kind of push things along with story as well so you're still kind of entertained with the product that's being put out there Mm-hmm. No, no, absolutely. Um, we're just going to kind of skip over this, but these two, uh, Angel Garza beat a jobber and Bobby Lashley beat Noli Jose. I don't have any thoughts on that, do you? Uh, it was good that Garza won in the sense that they're, they seem to have finally kind of solidified that this trio with Vega is going to be like a thing going forward, which is good. And with a uh, Bobby Lashley is leading to the eventual split with Lana, potentially that Lesnar match is going to come sooner than we think. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. Um, now we've never claimed to be clairvoyant. We've never claimed to you know know what's going to happen in the future. But we got something dead wrong last week. We were talking about how. Ricochet and Cedric Alexander had a really good match. How we can see them taking on the Street Profits shortly. Um, we can we look forward <laughs> to that match. It'll be a really good match. And then the Viking Raiders show up and just say, "No, Ross, no, Jack. You're talking pish. We're going to smash Ricochet and Cedric Alexander." Oh, mate, as a slow build, that's that's what we're going for here. As a slow build. <laughs> We've got SummerSlam in mind, you know what I mean? We don't have these B pay-per-views in our, in our horizon. I know, it's, it's only a money in the bank pay-per-view. Who cares? No <laughs> anything a, interesting ever happened at Money in the Bank. after Mania. No one watches it anyway. <laughs> I mean, I, probably no fans will show up to it. It's probably that shite. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd bet on that. Um, Viking Raiders went on WrestleMania... Um, there was a rumour coming out before WrestleMania that they'd been added to the Raw Tag title match. Um, obviously, that rumour was false. The Viking Raiders, undefeated for about 
two years across NXT and Raw, Raw Tag Champs, NXT Tag Champs. They kind of suffered a wee bit through the whole Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins rivalry. But this this is some way to bring them back. You know what I mean? Like put them up against two great guys and have them just smash them just to kind of solidify them again. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was it was proper like I wouldn't go far to say a squash, but it was like a complete domination at a match. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's put them right back up into like contention of like we're one of your kind of top tag teams here. We can challenge for the belts, but I just I worry that I worry that they'll win because I don't want me to have had enough of the street profits for the belts yet. I'd I'd probably move the Viking Raiders to SmackDown and yeah. maybe just shoot up the division a wee bit. Move maybe I don't think the Usos and New Day should be on the same brand for at least two years because you know New Day's big long twenty fifteen to twenty sixteen uh, tag title run. They fought a good few times. They fought loads of times in SmackDown in 2017. They fought at WrestleMania together 2018. They were in on WrestleMania this year together. You know, it's great. You know, they've had some sensational rivalries, but I think something WWE needs to start doing is when, see, when the draft comes around, is making sure these people that have kind of been overexposed together or kept apart for a wee while you know what I mean and I'd love to see Viking Raiders and Smackdown I'd love to see them you know just running through that I'd love to see Miz and Morrison's promos against them I'd like to see how Miz and Morrison try to you know avoid defending the tag titles against them I just think there's so much potential there and even you know if they move New Day to Raw a Viking Raiders Uso feud, I'm all for. If they move the Usos to the Raw, a Viking Raiders New Day feud, something new. You know, it's it's exciting. Uh, it's, it's, it's weird considering that, like, last week, Raw drafted a Paul Cruz because they were expiring at a picks. Yeah, the only other thing was that the Forgotten Sun's going up to SmackDown and that was it. Like, I, I, don't, I, like, I don't, don't get what's going to happen with this whole shake up thing but that's definitely something that could happen probably should happen as well mm-hmm. and make interesting yeah. watch but who knows I think WWE you know when they first did the, the brand split um, New Day were still on their big you know run so the Raw Tag division was really really strong and on Smackdown they had like the Heath Slater Rhino story they had the Wyatts, they had American Alpha, they had Usos, you know, coming into this new gimmick they're doing now. That was the last time I think both brands have had a really strong tag division. You know, it's either been SmackDown heavy or Raw heavy, depending on, you know, what show you watch. I think they need to kind of sort their tag divisions out a wee bit. Yeah, it's just a bit of a, a, mish, a mishmash now, but it's like, everyone kind of knows that Vince doesn't really care about the tag division it's just kind of let them do it to themselves so it's, it's hard to kind of fix what's kind of forgotten yeah um, so Austin Theory who will next week be in a Money Bank qualifier we'll talk about that in a wee minute uh, took on Akira Tozawa uh, a good match I quite enjoyed it Theory got a good showcase Tozawa got a good showcase I'm liking the fact that they're having to fill TV time 
and instead of showing old pay-per-view matches, they are doing sort of longer matches and giving guys who would usually only be given three and four minutes in the ring together, 10, 15 minutes together. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a, a Heyman thing because he obviously knows that like these people they can put on like a top class match, and you saw that with Theory versus Tazawa. Like that was that was a like a proper banging match to watch. Enjoyable right from the start. Yeah, um, and obviously uh, Austin Theory would win. Um, continues this sort of as, as the Gaza one did the the building of Zelina Vega's stable. You know she. She's starting to, you know, make a bit of traction with this stable. And Theory heads into his Money in the Bank qualifier next week off the back of a big win. Um, I want to bring something up. I don't know if you've seen it online. Because uh, I know you watched the show on YouTube, Jack, so it may have been edited out. There's a bit where Akira, Akira Tozawa uh, hits a big senton onto Austin Theory. And Jerry the King Lawler says, oh, that was an amazing ramen, moon, ramen noodle moonsault. I mean, I've, I, I didn't see it in the YouTube clips, but I saw it like being posted about Twitter and that. That's just fucking disgraceful. Aye. I think um, I think the nail in Jerry Lawler's coffin here, if, you know, because people are like, was he just being stupid? Was it really racist? I think the, you know, the thing that kind of swung it in racism's favour which is a sense I never thought I'd say, um, was that Jim Cornette came out and defended him, and you're like, "This is a guy that was def- this was a guy that was fired for being a racist like six months ago." It's weird. I just, I, he's good. He is like an enjoyable figure to listen to on commentary. Not that he's like you know, interesting in the knowledge. Or he just he kind of makes it fun a bit, but he's just he's so backwards in his ways like he just can't seem to get out of it which is a was a shame because they probably they could probably guarantee he won't be on next week now with the hate that he's been kind of got from it yeah I think yeah these Raws were pre-taped much like the um, Jim Cornette incident which makes it all the more baffling that neither was picked up Um. I don't think he'll be there next week. As you said, he's an enjoyable figure. I think, you know, it's hard to admit the likes of him and JR have lost a step or, you know, they're not as good as they used to be. But hearing them, you know, reminds you of the Attitude Era, the Ruthless Aggression Era. You know, from like 1998 to 2008, they were a team together. And it, it takes you back to when wrestling was at the golden age. But at the same time, you, you eventually need to let go and just go, it's time to move on, I think. This will be the last time we see Gerald Lawler in commentary. And it's a shame because I don't believe he is a racist, but I think he's just someone who's very behind with the times on what's PC and what's politically correct to say on commentary. Aye, without a doubt. It's just... Uh, I didn't even realise what he was saying, but you can't... You can't be going about seeing stuff like that now. It's just... It's, You've got to be. You need to be politically aware of what's right and what's wrong, and he just clearly isn't. Yeah, um, from what was a black mark on the show to a black mass, um, Alistair Black, Oni Larkin. This was my favourite match in the show. Alistair Black continuing his like 
raw run of just kicking the shit out of people. Last week, he had a great 28-minute match with Apollo Crews, which was sensational. This week, him and Oni Lorcan just kicked the ever-loving shit out of each other, and I thought it was great. I, I proper enjoyed it as well. It was like a... It was just, it was just a straight-up physical good match. Like, props to Oni Lorcan as well. Like he was, he was made out to be a superstar in this. Yeah. Um... Oni Lorcan, it's, it's a weird sort of dynamic he has. He is, he's on 205 Live, he's on NXT UK, he's on NXT Original, and yet he's still somehow overlooked, if you get me. He's on three shows, and yet he's like, a, you know, to steal Buddy Murphy's old nickname, the best kept secret. He's a great tag wrestler, he's a great technical wrestler, he's a great brawler, he's a great cruiserweight wrestler. You know, he's only really had one big WWE style shot which was on the SummerSlam pre-show last year when he took on uh, Drew Gulak for the Cruiserweight title he is someone I hope to see more of, he's in the, the tournament I believe for the interim uh, Cruiserweight Championship and I'd honestly love to see him go all the way and win it uh, it's, um, I can see like I don't know if he'll win it but I could definitely see like throughout probably the course of the next year or two that he will be like one of your top guys in like NXT. Yeah, there's only so much you can say about the match itself because it it was a great match. It was a great back and forward match. Um Black I like being taken to his limit, but at the same time still pulling out the wins. I think that's more impressive than, you know, the likes of beating Jobber number A, jobber num- to- sorry, jobber letter A, <laughs> jobber <laughs> letter B. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, you know, and you know, 30 seconds with one kick. I think these matches are more impressive. Yeah, because it's, it's folk that like the audience will start to recognize as well. Mm. So it makes it more meaningful rather than just a quick 10 second black mass. Yeah. Um, Alistair Black next week is going to be in a Money in the Bank qualifying match, which takes us to our next point. Um, MVP shows up again. He's just sort of like that drunk uncle that won't go away. Um, you know, the Royal Rumble was your your grand's 80th. You know, it's nice that he's shown up, but, you know, it's Sunday dinner now and it's time for you to go home, drunk uncle. <laughs> and... He he announced a very special uh, VIP lounge where he would reveal three first-time-ever matches for next week. Austin Theory, who we've seen beat Akira Tozawa, facing Alistair Black. Apollo Crews facing MVP himself, MVP who described himself as the greatest ladder match competitor of all time. And Rey Mysterio versus Buddy Murphy. Um, We'll start with MVP having a match. See when they started describing the you know the best ladder match competitor ever. I kind of went, wait, is it, is it, is it Matt Hardy? Is he he not left? And he's like, this man has done some amazing things in ladder matches. And I'm like, wait, Jeff Hardy is Jeff Hardy on Raw now? Like you know, have have they changed some things about? And then he goes, possibly the greatest ladder match competitor of all time. And I just went, wait, no, no way, is it Edge? And it was just the ultimate come down when you seen 
the graphic Apollo Crews versus MVP. Aye, it was, it was a bit of a slap in the face, but I kind of liked it. I don't know no, 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 I, I did, about it. no, no, I did like it. I did like how he bigged himself up. It was just the fact that I've went Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, Edge. Oh my God, who is it? Who is it? <laughs> MVP, like a bastard. <laughs> No, I think it's it'll make uh, Apollo Crews look good as well. It'll put him in mm-hmm. that kind of prominent spot in the card. The win over MVP will probably make him a viable candidate to win it as well. Yeah, I I like the the sort of field of this year's Money in the Bank. Um, it looks like it may probably be <laughs> Alistair Black. Um, Ray Mysterio is talking about. We, we, we'll talk about Ray Mysterio's promo in a minute, but it looks like maybe Ray Mysterio and then Apollo. So it's it's a different field this year. I think there's not an obvious winner. Um, Ray Mysterio's promo was sort of hinting at retirement. He's only, you know, he's felt the pain of being cashed in on uh, from a Money in the Bank cash in. But he's never been Mr. Money in the Bank. And it's like the one thing he still needs to do in his career. Um, I wouldn't be against Rey Mysterio winning and maybe getting like one last world title run. What about you? Yeah, it would be a nice end off. And there's someone, it's someone that's like, it's definitely deserving of it. But I don't know. Who's it he's up against next week? Uh, Buddy Murphy. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather Murphy in the match than him. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I think it's. Um, <laughs> I think people. I think maybe WWE thought that like people would prefer Buddy Murphy in the match, so they're going to do this sympathetic promo for Rey Mysterio. And hey, it's worth a treat because I'm sitting here like it'd be nice to see Rey get one last run because he's never had a proper world title run. You know what I mean? He's won it three times, and each time it just got progressively worse. Ah, uh, it's, it's um oh. I- I don't even know. I reckon it'd be it'd be good if like I wouldn't mind seeing him as being the person to face Drew for like SummerSlam, and the implication was like if Mysterio lost, he retires. Yeah, it'd so put, put Drew over more. It'd be a kind of a nice way to send off Ray as well. No, absolutely. I think like one last great match. I think would be cracking for Ray. Um, so next week's all about the men's Money in the Bank ladder match but this week's Raw um, was all about the women's Money in the Bank ladder match we kicked off Raw with Asuka versus Ruby Riot, and this is something else that kind of benefited from the fact that they're given more time Asuka and Ruby Riot, I think if it wasn't for Black and Orkin would have had match of the night definitely I proper enjoyed it made Ruby look great made Asuka look even better than what she has been recently. She's probably, without all the screaming aside and that which you hate, she's probably benefited the most out of this empty arena stuff because she's been like probably the most prominent figure in WWE the now, like TV-wise. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Ruby Riot as well, so underrated. Um, there was comments from Ronda Rousey recently. Uh, she mentioned how she fought to get a, a Raw match against Ruby Riot because they were building an angle at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view and it ended up having to be, oh, by the way, Ruby's going to lose to Ronda in 30 seconds and Ronda Rousey wanted like a proper match against Ruby Riot. 
So she pushed for like a raw rematch and they ended up having a good 10, 15 minute match. Um, I think that just goes to show, you know, how good Ruby is when someone like Ronda Rousey goes out there and sticks her neck out for her. Yeah, definitely. It's a, uh, I feel that Ruby probably should be in this point of the bank match. I don't think it was fair putting up against Asuka because, like, whatever the result was, you're going to lose in some way. There's two yeah. folk that's like definitely viable to be in the match. I'd like to see. We mentioned Becky Lynch sort of generic promo. She says she'll take on anyone. I'd like to see Ruby maybe attack her. Just she's frustrated. She's not going to be on the card. So she. You know, the likes of the Royal Rumble and the Money in the Bank pay-per-views, when you need multiple people, multiple people to do what's essentially a number one contenders match, that always, to me, leaves you a bit of freedom to try something new with the world title matches. And I think Ruby Riot would be a great matchup for Becky Lynch. We've not seen them have a you know a proper feud. It would be a good you know post WrestleMania feud for Becky and. I don't think Ruby would really suffer in a loss. No, because it was uh, it's, it's the same because like it's the same thing that happened with Ronda though that they needed something to fill the time between kind of what what Mania was and then the kind of eventual match with Becky was like, oh, we're gonna stick Ronda in this mini. We'll just stick Ruby, sorry, in this uh, mini feud, and we'll just have her lose. It just seems she's just there to kind of bide the time for the champion. Yeah, it's a. Uh... It's not the best place to be in, but at the same time, I think it's better than leaving her off the card. Um, Asuka, as you said, has benefited from this sort of empty arena thing. You know, she, it's it's given her it's given her time to develop a character and become a bit more annoying as a heel. Uh, shame it can't be said for her tag team partner, Kyrie Sane. She was absolutely squashed by Nia Jax. Nia Jax back in WWE last week. She'll now be in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Any thoughts on this? Um, I guess the the right person's in it. You could probably take a good stab at saying the Kimberly Warriors is like finished. I think it has to be finished. I think it was a it was something post WrestleMania when Asuka, you know her match against Mandy Rose for the SmackDown Women's title was scrapped. They had Charlotte win the SmackDown title. Asuka loses the Battle Royal. Kyrie Sane debuts in the shake-up. They should have went straight after the Iconics and instead they just kind of did fuck all for months. And then, you know, when people had stopped caring around about October time, that's when they pop up and win the tag titles. You're just like, wait, really? It's just misuse of them into this. Like, they could have been so yeah. much more, but uh, uh, obviously, obviously, these kind of the empty arena stuff. Sorry, the empty arena stuff is uh, it's proved more and maybe ask his light of how good she is. And oh, maybe we should just capitalise on this. And Kyrie's just going to be an afterthought now. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about the the tag team divisions sort of at times being a bit uneven. The women's division on Raw. Is very top heavy. Um, I think in the draft, maybe Kyrie Sane going to SmackDown and maybe turning face again could be good, like a good person to 
Foyle Bailey and her title run. Yeah, it, that would be the kind of it would be a very good feud to fill to Banks coming in for the eventual kind of ending of that partnership. But yeah, she was okay. someone that was just called up for NXT too early. I don't think it's too early. I think it was just misuse, as you said. I think if Kyrie Sane beats Bailey, you can still do Bailey Sasha without the title. I think you can, if you give it time, it's personal enough. Um, and it means on SmackDown, instead of just not having a women's division, you can have Sasha Bailey and then a face Kyrie Sane versus the likes of, you know, maybe a heel Lacey Evans again, you know, because I think that's their natural fits. Um, obviously, that's just fantasy booking again. But um, oh, we do, mate. It's just give us a fantasy booking show on here and just let us run well with it. <laughs> um, the final women's Money in the Bank qualifier match we're going to talk about. Um, it was a weird one. I don't think anyone knew what was happening. I think the commentators had to cover for uh, Mike Rome. So Shayna Baszler comes out. She instantly kicks the shit out of Sarah Logan in about 30, less than 30 seconds. Sarah Logan's on her front. She puts her hand on the mat, pushes up, and Shayna Baszler stamps on her elbow. It's made to look as if Sarah Logan's got a broken arm. Shayna Baszler walks away, throws chairs to the side as if, I don't fucking need this. And the call is given, here is your winner by disqualification, Sarah Logan. And then you've got the commentators, sort of. They go to talk about uh, Sarah Logan being the winner. And then you you hear the moment, there's something being said in their ear, they're like, well, Sarah Logan advanced. And they just stop. And it's like, yeah, actually, surely Shayna Baszler should have won that. I, I, I think Shayna Baszler won that match. It's a... Uh, I think they were meant to announce Shayna Baszler as winner by referee stoppage and Mike Rome's thought Sarah Logan's won by DQ and it was just I, I put this was needed for Shayna Baszler because you know she debuts at the Royal Rumble she doesn't win the Royal Rumble she blew that big chance she then loses at Wrestlemania and blows another big chance this is something that was really needed for Shayna Baszler you know, just a big 30-second win where she destroys someone. But at the same time, the fuck-up from commentary and the ring announcers just made it a massive clusterfuck. Yeah, I don't like they showed that in the YouTube clips. I wasn't aware that that, that happened. I thought it was just a match stoppage and and that was it. But that's, 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 that's quite bad to muck up on, especially when it's a, still a pre-recorded show this week. Yeah, um... Bit of a weird one. I think <laughs> Mike Rome maybe jumped the gun. I'm just checking Wikipedia just now. Shayna Baszler is, you know, down. It's Asuka versus Shayna versus Naya on Wikipedia so far. So I don't know what happened there. As you said, it's another mistake that could have been edited out of a pre recorded show. Yeah, it's just that's hard. It's weird when there's mistakes like that happen, but when you know it's pre-recorded, it's still they still get away with it. Like it's not hard to change to like to redo that bit again of Shayna walking out and then just declare one of my last stoppage. 
I'd like to see Shayna win the Money in the Bank, but at the same time, it's one of those matches that if she lost, I don't think she'd be harmed. Like, if everyone just kind of ganged up and beat the shit out of her with ladders, like, it wouldn't be, you know, out the realms of possibility, like, oh, I, she lost. Because, you know, someone, you know, five other people beat the shit out of you with a set of ladders. You're not going to get up. No. No, definitely <laughs> not. It's a... Uh... Oh, there's the really good bits of this show were good but there's bits that have just baffled me I, I don't get it yeah there's some obviously they build towards Money in the Bank next week well there's three big matches next week Black v Oni and Tozawa versus Theory are great matches um, the Viking Raiders Patter and Cedric and Ricochet were great Asker versus Ruby was great Jax v Sane was kind of upsetting because Sane's been buried. And Shayna versus Logan. Her, Shayna winning, I think, is good. But the fuck up and the confusion and all that just kind of takes away from it. Yeah. No, no, it's just pretty much. I, there's, oh, I don't even know what to say. That's how baffled that I can be. Um, but yeah, we have our three raw women, Asuka, Shayna, and Nia Jax. Um, it's one of those ones I think Shayna is winning, and I think she'd be a really interesting Money in the Bank competitor because she could either cash in after a match and win, or she could cash in just straight up, say, be here next week, you're having a title match. And it would be believable that she could walk in and kick the shit out of Becky Lynch. I was saying it's a it's a safe bet that Shayna's going to win it, but like I don't know, I don't know how people will feel about her potentially squashing another kind of squashing another gimmick match again. I personally love the Elimination Chamber just for the fact that she threw everybody about. It might not be the best choice for a main event. But, you know, the cage fighter in a cage ripping the face off of five other people I thought was great and I think people just kind of overblew it, if you get me. Yeah, I can see where you're you're coming from but, like, I don't know if I want to see that again. I just, I probably just because I more feel bad for the other focus there that's having to, like, sell it. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of maybe... Shayna being taken out, right? She's down. Someone, you know, who's maybe not had her chance, maybe like a Naomi or a Dana Brooke, is at the top of the ladder. They're about to grab the briefcase and then just, you know, from behind them, Shayna Baszler has climbed the ladder and just kind of chokes them out on top of the ladder, throws them to the floor and then takes the briefcase for herself. I think that could be... That, that could be like a great visual and like a great finish to the match but I, I can see your point of not wanting another gimmick match that you look forward to year round being a sort of squash match I was like you can, I want Shayna to win but I don't know I don't know how I want her to win I don't, want, I don't want the match to feel ruined for me because it's going to be like a 5-10 minute squash or whatever because you can't see Shayna being like even me taking down by any of the folk that will be in it. Maybe maybe Naya will put her down a bit, but like 
it's it's a hard one to build correctly when you're having to build someone as this like monster. The the only thing I have this year is I want <clears throat> I want the Mister Money in the Bank to be good, like a good. Brock Lesnar was okay, but he wasn't a regular competitor. Strowman's cash in was wasted. Baron Corbin lost his cash in. The two women's Money in the Bank cash ins the past two years have been on the same day. I want to see a Mister and a Mrs. Money in the Bank, and I want to see them hold it for at least three months. You know what I mean? Do something good with it. Yeah, it's got the 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 appeal recently of being Mister Mrs. Money in the Bank's just been kind of taken away. Everyone just seems to kind of cash in at the kind of the first opportunity they can when they don't need to do that. I've got a wee stat for you. I put it in the group chat a few weeks ago. Do you know from 2016 to 2017, the person that won Money in the Bank ended up on the pre-show of the next WrestleMania? Did they? Yeah. Ambrose wins it in 2016. And then at the next WrestleMania, he's on the pre-show against Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin wins it in 2017 and then ends up in the Andre Battle Royal in 2018 at WrestleMania. Strowman wins it in 2018, and then at WrestleMania the next year, he wins the Battle Royal on the pre-show. So, no guarantee that winning money in the bank will make you a main eventer till at least WrestleMania. That's mad. That's a shame. That's an absolute shame. You could even add um, Carmella as well. She won the 2017 Miss Money in the Bank ladder match and was the first one eliminated in the Miss WrestleMania Battle Royal. That's... Oh, I don't like that I've heard that. That's criminal. <laughs> I think uh, Bailey and Brock bucked the trend this year. But, um, yeah, for a while, Mr and Mrs Money in the Bank was a bit of a curse because... Alexa as well, she might have been WrestleMania host and on the main card, but she got injured right after winning Money in the Bank. Jeez, oh. <laughs> now that I've depressed you thoroughly with that wee start there, Jack, let's move on to something nicer, eh? Aye, yes, please. <laughs> um, we opened Raw with Drew McIntyre. Um, Drew McIntyre First time he's been live on Raw since WrestleMania. He comes out, he cuts a promo saying he'd like to thank everyone who, you know, supported him. He says the internet can be a negative place at times, but he's received nothing but good thoughts and positive vibes from everyone on Twitter. He thanks everyone and he says he's going to be a fighting champion and if anyone wants to take him on, come ahead, you'll get your title shot. And literally, as he says that, uh, Andrade's music hits. I like the callback here. Sometimes they don't do it. Sometimes they just kind of forget NXT history. The callback to the fact that last time they had a championship match, Andrade beat Drew for the NXT title and took him out for six months. Yeah, that was awful good. That was like... I feel that usually if this whole pandemic thing wasn't happening now that would be forgotten about but I feel that because it's kind of more Heyman in control Heyman's like just kind of go out there and cut up from what will eventually lead to a match with you two tonight 
and they just kind of spoke to each other and oh we can call back to this and that can be like well you can come in you can try it again and see what happens yeah um, Zelina Vega tad xenophobic you know what I mean she's having a, a wee go at her Drew McIntyre a fellow air man like yourself having a go at uh, Drew's accent would have been a different story if Drew came out and went hey mamacita to you know Zelina Vega uh-uh. I think I think we need to call out this you know oh, this xenophobic which would you be calling it my scores accent if I was there <laughs> giving the big smack and being done any champion and I'd be like Hodger Hodger you stay a second what are you saying <laughs> you know we're holding Jerry Lawler up to a standard for his you know his racist comments I think Zelina Vega should be taken to task for a <laughs> for a damn right xenophobic comments <laughs> hashtag hashtag null and void Zelina Vega uh, <laughs> hashtag US title null and void <laughs> This something else I enjoyed about this. Um, I think Raw's good when it has a storyline throughout it, leading to the main event, and with Garza and Austin Theory both being in matches. Zelina Vega was on commentary. She put over the fact that Andrade is going to win tonight while putting over our new clients. We saw. The, the stable grow closer together as they you know beat the shit out of Tazawa and the stable in the actual match coming to Andrade's aid you know trying to trying to basically just take Drew McIntyre out so I like the fact that the storyline of you know the faction that we felt was kind of thrown together is now you know they're making it a solid faction and they built to this massive champion versus champion match in the main event. I'll, I'll ask you this, but would you feel that this, obviously this being made to be the kind of dominant faction right now, if things were different, do you think this would be happening if Rollins and his, Rollins and his disciples were still about with each other? I don't think it would be happening. I think this is, I think the, the Rollins and his disciples it's kind of ran its natural course. So I think that's why just now they're building towards Zelina's guys being basically just a faction. Like, they only want one faction on Raw so they can put all their time into it. And with the OC being written off TV after losing to The Undertaker and with, you know, the Disciples just kind of gone by the wayside, I think it's the perfect time to solidify them. So even if everything was back to normal, I still think they'd be pushing this faction. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I agree with you, but just, I feel I, don't, I feel sorry for like Murphy. Obviously, he's going to be in this money in the bank qualifier next week and whatnot. But like, so much, so much more could have happened with this disciples of Rollins and all that. But we won't get to see it now. It is a shame, but at the same time, um, with WrestleMania being taped a week early. It meant Andrade was not fit enough. Whereas, had we did WrestleMania live, he would have been fit enough to do the tag title match. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so we wouldn't have got Austin Theory, and then we wouldn't have this sort of, you know, faction going on at the minute. So, I think you you take the good with the bad. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. Drew and Andrade have a great back and forward match. 
Drew, of course, with the Claymore for the win. You know, it's been, you know, since WrestleMania, he's beat Brock Lesnar, he's beat the Big Show, and now he's beaten the United States champion, Andrade. Um, he fends off an attack from the AAA, I'm going to call him, Andrade, <laughs> Angel, and Austin. Uh, he, he fends off an attack for AAA. He gives Austin Theory one of the most hellacious chops I've ever seen. Like, it, it, this would have echoed through an arena with people in it, but the fact that it was an empty arena just made it sound so much sorer. And then you hear Zelina Vega screaming after it happens. Like, it was so hard that Zelina Vega felt the need to scream. <laughs> Aye, I loved it. That was brilliant. We think Drew's about to stand tall when that bastard that is Seth Rollins just comes down and ruins everything. Seth cut a promo early in the night saying, I'll still be there for you and your Messiah will rise again. And now we know he is after the WWE title and it looks like Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre is going to be our Money in the Bank main event. I'm very happy with this because it just proved that everything I said last week I'm spot on with. <laughs> Minus the Viking Raider stuff, of course. Of course, I mean, minus that stuff. Everything to do with Rollins and Owens, I've been spot on coming out of this. And it's the same that I said on the main show last week at the, the review of WrestleMania that Rollins will be the next challenger. And he's the kind of, he's won the most after losing the match. And I've just been proved mm-hmm. right with this. So I'm very happy. Yeah, we, we've never claimed to be clairvoyant unless we're right, in which case we do. <laughs> That's when we were stuck going. Um, I was like, yep, yep, wrestling minded gods. We only brag when we're right, all right? You know, but <laughs> um, I like the idea of Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre as a singles feud. Drew is a heel. Sorry, Drew is a face, Seth is a heel. You know, they kind of were intertwined in the whole Shield reunion. Dean Ambrose and Seth as a tag team, Dolphin Drew as a tag team, sort of rivalry in 2018 but at the same time it's something you're like this is kind of fresh and I think something Drew's win gives us is a fresh WWE champion it's a first time ever WWE champion and the the feud with Seth Rollins feels like a fresh one and with you know Seth going to take some time off eventually I think this feud will be a good way to write him off and give Drew his second title defence against another massive name. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. This will be a will be a joy, an enjoyable match as well to watch. It's two like proper good people, and it's as you say, it's something fresh, it's something we've not seen yet. And I think it's just the as I say, it's just it's just the it's the logical step in the next in the next feud with kind of, the first feud for McIntyre's title reign just kind of it falls into place nicely see something else I quite enjoy about Drew being champion I think we like you predicted that Seth would be the first um, Seth would be the first sort of challenger for Drew I think we agree Drew's going to retain he's not going to lose it this soon what I like about Drew as a title run I can't see anyone in Raw beating him yet and I don't know who's going to be the guy to take it from him and that to me makes it so much more interesting you know it makes me want to keep watching to see who he goes up against after Seth because I've got no clue 
and who eventually takes it off him. Yeah, there was a, there isn't there isn't really anyone apart from Rollins that would be even like kind of close to be able to take it right now. I was like Edge, you probably won't see Edge for a while, but will they really let Edge beat Drew? Orton would be a kind of good person to have in there and all, but then again, he just lost his WrestleMania match. We won't see him for a while. Styles lost his match. He's gone for a while. He's he's buried alive. He's like he's six feet under the now. Well, <laughs> who who is that? It does. It is yet another. You know, we've mentioned it a few times. It is another um, vote in favour for another shakeup because I think SmackDown's got a lot of main event guys. Just they're not doing anything with them but don't have a mid-card whereas Raw I think is too many mid-carders and not enough main eventers um, I like the thoughts of maybe a, a Rey Mysterio feud after this, like a desperate Rey trying just to get one last match at the title Yeah that, that would be a good one because that's something you could build up like long in ages as well that would be like that's something you could invest quite a bit of time into Yeah Yeah um, you know, that can be your pre-SummerSlam feud. And then, who knows, maybe a rematch, Brock Lesnar versus Drew at SummerSlam. I think if that happened, though, folk will expect Brock to win. See, I, I don't think it's like, Brock always has great SummerSlam matches. Like, his SummerSlam matches are always better than his WrestleMania matches. And I just, I really want to see him and Drew in front of a crowd, get about 10-15 minutes and just kick the shit out of each other. That is the least we deserve, to be fair. <laughs> I even, like, I, I mentioned Money in the Bank is a time to maybe be a bit loosey-goosey with who faces for the WWE title. I think during this empty arena sort of thing, I like the idea of Drew maybe calling open challenges and people who don't usually get title opportunities getting like getting a spotlight the likes of you know Austin Theory the likes of Apollo Crews the likes of maybe Murphy having a WWE title match kind of like the John Cena Open Challenge yeah I'd like that that'd be that'd be very good actually but then oh. again there is sorry sorry continue your point I just get handed some breaking news all right, I, uh, <laughs> I, it's, uh, I just said make for good watching because obviously everyone enjoyed the kind of time when Cena was doing his open challenge, and like Drew is probably someone that could also do that as well. He's wanting to be a fighting champion, so why not go out and just do that every week and just kick the heat off a of folk? Um, I sorry, <laughs> um, I just got a text about. Uh, WWE have released a bunch of wrestlers uh. oh have they they have released uh, Drake Maverick even though he's just been put in this tournament yeah and Leo Rush is in this tournament as well well not now well not now he's not he's been released Um, we talked about the OC being buried Um, Carl Anderson's left jeez oh Um. EC3, I don't think that's uh, a surprise. No. I forgot he's still there. And uh, Kurt Hawkins has left as well. Understandable. Drake Maverick, Kurt Hawkins, Carl Anderson, EC3 and Leo Rush all 
out the door. As a shame, as put me in a right bastard there, mid that. Eh? <laughs> That's a shame for Drake Maverick, especially since like what was like yesterday, or like I'll say yesterday, like Tuesday or Monday, just he cut that amazing promise to why he stepped down from being two hundred five live general manager to like compete in this tournament, and mm-hmm. now he's been released. It's yeah. it's a shame. I think it's a shame for everyone. Kurt Hawkins is. Um, Kurt Hawkins had such a good storyline that ended, you know, the only time you could hear the crowd on the pre-show of last year's WrestleMania was the crowd chanting, let's go Hawkins, you know, and they just kind of botched the title run with him and Zack Ryder after it. Carl Anderson um, makes me wonder where, how long Luke Gallows is going to last as a singles guy. Um, EC3 was a ready-made main eventer that they just, they fucked and Leo Rush, you know, he's been up and down, you know, the entire time. It's a shame just to see, I think it's a shame to see all of them go. Right, so I, was, I, was, I was expecting more, I don't know, this is probably like Chris to say, but a bit more high profile folk to get released. For example, Xavier yeah. Woods is injured now and he's not going to be coming back anytime soon so like I was half expecting him to be released I think we would I think with the amount of merch New Day's shift and the fact that they they negotiate their contracts together as a group Aye. like if you sacked one the other two would leave in protest and there'd be no shortage of people that would want to take them um, we, we talked about the tag division that's a uh, Hawkins and Ryder now broke up and the OC no more. That's just not like that's two tag teams in Raw that's just gone. <laughs> um the reason I was doing the Drew part of this last was just so we could have, you know, some fun fantasy booking to talk about, you know what I mean? Some some something nice to end the show on. It's why I got all this shit out of the way in the first ten minutes. <laughs> but, and you brought that to the table, fucking great. I know. <laughs> Oh well, as we wrap up the show, let us know your thoughts on this week's Raw and the releases we've just heard of uh, at Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet uh, community on Facebook, and uh, Eat Sleep Suplex sorry Suplex Retweet dot com, and of course you're listening to Suplex Retweet and uh, Extra on Instagram, iTunes, Anchor, and Spotify. So you can also use those listening devices to listen to our main channel, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. All that remains to say is thank you for Jack for joining us and sorry for depressing you at the end there. Okay, sorry, I need to go, I need to go like have a cup of tea and kind of calm my, calm my anger <laughs> of what's just happened. I am going to go mourn the loss of Kurt Hawkins, who's someone I have, I think is vastly underrated. I'd love to see him show up on AEW Dark and just have like a a lower mid-card feud with a couple of people. But it'll be interesting to see where the likes of EC3, if maybe he goes back to Impact, Leo Rush, where's he going to go? Drake Maverick, you know, even more uncertainty. We could be fantasy booking for days here. I'm just going to wrap the show up, Jack. (laughs) Just end it before the press folk even more. Just go. Uh, thank you for listening we'll be back next week to review the men's money in the bank qualifiers and all the goings on from Raw we'll see you soon bye bye